Hello and welcome to Your 360 on D365 COVID Edition. I'm Julie Billado, Managed Services Support Manager at BDO Canada. Thank you for joining us. The BDO Managed Services Support Team brings you this special podcast so that we can give you the inside scoop of what's happening with Dynamics 365 and how it can help you with adapting to the COVID-19 crisis. Presenting the latest and greatest of each of these products are my colleagues, Reiner Rolinski, Diana Bird, Melanie Semeniuk, Ashley Lupton, Sheldon Gitzel, and Joseph Menaram. We thought, what better way to learn about your system and get the most out of it during these challenging times than by hearing from those of us on the front lines serving you, resolving issues, and staying abreast of new features and functionalities that are released by Microsoft. We trust that what we're able to share with you in this special edition will provide you with the tools and knowledge to continue adapting and finding ways to even thrive during this pandemic. Coming up on this episode of Your 360 on D365, we're taking a deep dive today, folks, on the manufacturing and distribution industry. First up, we're going to look at this just in with David Linton, our manufacturing and distribution industry lead and one of our partners at BDO Canada. Next, we'll have a spotlight in our dynamics input where we'll focus on our Canadian business, Tilly and Durables, who has done a pivot of their manufacturing operations to adapt to the COVID-19 crisis. And last but not least, we'll look at the advantages of D365 products for our manufacturing and distributors out there. We're starting our podcast with David Linton, our manufacturing and distribution industry leader for our BDO consulting group. Some of you may already know him. He's been with BDO for the past seven years. Previously, he focused on Microsoft Dynamics related services, but for the past three years, he's been focused on manufacturing and distribution industry across all of our service lines. Welcome, David. Great to have you today. Good to be with you, Julie. So first, I'd like to ask you, as our industry lead for manufacturing and distribution, how do you think has the manufacturing industry been affected by the COVID crisis? Um, That's a good opener, actually, Julie. It's, I mean, every manufacturer has been affected by the current situation in in the last uh, 10 weeks or so, regardless of the sub-segment. Um, although it's fair to say that some manufacturers have been impacted worse than others. Um, so if I look back over the last uh, two, three months, uh, manufacturing was deemed an essential service um, in all provinces, but uh, many still shut down, at least in the short term, uh, due to the, the challenges of, of the COVID-19 situation. Um, they'd already been affected by uh, the rail blockade at the start of 2020. Uh, and so material supply shortages um, uh, fairly quickly hit some of our, our manufacturing clients. Um, it's probably fair to say that nearly all of our manufacturers uh, have had their sales channels affected. I mean, particularly the ones who supply into retail, hospitality, travel and tourism. Um, but uh, even those in, in the more traditional industry segments have also seen uh, their supply chain impacted. Um, we see multiple uh, staffing issues. Um, within our, our clients, um, um, uh, layoffs, bringing them back on, accessing the uh, government's uh, funding programs. Um, there's been uh, the need to, do, to enforce physical distancing in both on the shop floor and the, the offices. Um, 
as a result, we've seen um, our, our manufacturing clients have uh, had an increased cost of operations, and that they're now grappling with how to, to reduce those again. Um, many of them, their productivity has reduced due to the need for physical distancing on the shop floor. Uh, and uh, perhaps uh, what I would like to talk about um, is these impacts are going to continue to be felt by manufacturers um, until uh, we have both a, uh, an available vaccine, um, but also the resulting until the re resulting recession um, is is in our our past. And so we need to be thinking now more strategically as as businesses about how we um, uh, both survive and and thrive in the current situation and beyond. Right. So in light of what you're saying, David, what actions do you think should manufacturers be taking to survive? Um, so, I mean, the first thing to say is the I think the Canadian manufacturers have, have done a, a great job and uh, in, in a unique situation um, to initially then survive and, and respond to the current situation. Um, but it is time for our Canadian manufacturers to to pivot now more to a, uh, a recovery and growth mode. Um, and when we talk about that recovery and growth, we're, we're talking about setting out plans for the next uh, two years and possibly more. Uh, and as I see it, the, the four main challenges that our Canadian manufacturers need to address are um, supply chain disruptions. So the entire value chain on both the material supply and the sales channel will continue to be disrupted for the foreseeable future. Uh, the second is uh, how to tackle margin erosion. Uh, we can't always uh, pass on our additional costs to our customers, uh, and yet the uh, cost of production has increased at the same time as, as uh, uh, productivity has, has decreased, um, and we need to figure out how to uh, uh, reduce costs again. Uh, to remain competitive. The third is um, continuing workforce management, both in terms of building long-term employee communication plans and also uh, workforce shortage contingency plans so that uh, over the next uh, couple of years, as workforce availability and conditions change, um, we protect our current workforce and, and work around any shortages that we encounter. And then the fourth, which would be uh, a nod to my accounting friends, would be um, to, to be able to uh, manage our cash flow and working capital more efficiently, um, because we are seeing that uh, right now our clients are having to reforecast uh, and, and do their cash flow projections on a, a daily or a weekly basis. And uh, they need to be able to do that as efficiently as possible so they know um, what they're playing with and how they can uh, pivot as necessary. Um, Given that we're, we're talking a, a lot to our, um, our technology uh, clients right now, um, some of the things that uh, I see that um, our clients should be considering will be increase in shop floor automation to, uh, to facilitate physical distancing, um, deploying technologies such as modern workplace to enable remote um, staff to work more productively, um, the use of real-time and predictive analytics, to, to enable better and faster decision making and uh, cash flow and forecasting planning tools to get a better, better handle on uh, planning activities. 
Right, and with that, I'll ask our audience to stay tuned to further episodes where we can dive into those <laughs> tools and areas that uh, David's alluding to us today. Um, so David, how can BDO or how has BDO helped manufacturers during this time? Um, I think BDO, we're, we're very fortunate in that we, I believe we're uniquely positioned to help manufacturers at this time. Um, we've got a, a, a large team that is focused on manufacturing industry and understands the challenges. Um, and given that we have um, over 7,000 manufacturing clients, many of them small and medium-sized businesses, we understand the challenges um, and the pains that they're, they're going through and, and we have solutions to help them. Um, of course, we've also got a large number of offices, so we, we also understand the local market conditions better than many. So it's, I mean, I would say I, I gave a list there of, of what I see as the, uh, the challenges that our, our customers need to face over the next couple of years. Um, we've got um, a very large advisory team. It's uh, 1,200 uh, partners and staff, um, and we can help with everything from supply chain optimization um, and HR management to technology strategies and deployment of, of technologies to help uh, reduce costs. Uh, increase efficiency uh, and help help us get through the next uh, couple of years. Great. So, what do you think should be done to help the manufacturing industry in general recover from this pandemic? Perhaps from a perspective of a business owner, or even and how they can take advantage of government programs, for instance. Um, so I, I would suggest my advice to business owners right now would be um, if you're not already, um, you need to be moving on from thinking about the day-to-day -day operational, uh, how you, you simply survive uh, and manage the current situation and be looking ahead to the next 24 to 36 months uh, to say, you know, how are we going to build our overall business plan around the challenges which are going to be coming up? So we talked a little earlier about uh, the, uh, the the four key issues that uh, I believe that manufacturers should need should be considering and addressing over the next uh, couple of years. Um, those are the the challenges that the nimble organisations will focus on and be um, in the best position to to come out of this um, to be competitive. Um, and hopefully to be uh, further ahead than they were even before we went into the current situation. Um, I would say look at opportunities to take advantage of uh, government incentives programs which can uh, part fund assessments and deployments of technology and other initiatives. Uh, of course, come speak to BDO about, about these programs and about the technologies and about the, the business planning that you should be doing right now. Um, if you're saying from the question from from the government's point of view, um, I think we're very fortunate here in Canada that um, our economy was in in better state than many countries going into this this current situation. Um, you know, the government debts compared to to GDP was pretty good. Uh, it won't be so good coming out of the back end of this. Um, the, you know, the government has been rolling out assistance programs. Um, they do still need to refine those, and I'm, I'm sure they will be refining those and making sure the right businesses get access to the right sort of funding. Um, I think uh, if, I, if a government ever asked me what my advice would be, 
um, it'd be two pieces of advice. It would, the first is uh, history has shown that um, austerity measures such as uh, punitive tax hikes to pay down government debt often stifle and slow down recovery uh, and put those countries at a disadvantage compared with others. Um, so I think uh, the governments need to be mindful of that. Um, the other part would be that uh, economic recovery is often fueled by um, business and consumer confidence. So um, whatever measures the government puts in place, um, I hope that they are always thinking, how will this help restore business and consumer confidence? That's a very valid point. And the more confidence we can get, the better right now, that's certain. <laughs> uh, last question, David, for you. What positives can we take away from all of this? I mean, we've hearing a lot of doom and gloom out there from the media uh, with some you know, with some stories that can be positive, uh, hearing about how um, our local businesses are pivoting and and surviving through these crises. But are there any takeaways you'd like to add given our current situation? Um, yeah, there have, I think there have been, been some positives in this. Um, uh, the, the first, and it, it starts as a negative, but I see it as a positive, is um, Canada has lagged the other G cent G7 uh, members on adoption of technology or industry 4.0. Um, but I think that the current situation is forcing us here in Canada to embrace technology. So I do see that um, this will be an opportunity for Canada to do some, some catch up, um, to uh, explore the use of technology, to improve quality, reduce costs, um, to, to, to really um, kickstart our, uh, our adventure into the use of technology in production, in manufacturing and production. Um, the second is, is, this is more of a, a, a feel-good factor, is working with, with clients over the last uh, two, two or three months, it's been amazing the level of collaboration and level of understanding across the country and between organizations and partners. Um, there's a real feeling, I believe, in Canada of we're in this together and we'll figure this out and we will help each other and, um, you know, we will come out of the back end of this stronger. Um, and I think that the final one and the takeaway is um, the traditional manufacturing industries in, in Canada are small and mid-sized businesses, um, usually privately owned. And the current situation has really highlighted the resilience and entrepreneurship of Canada's manufacturing organizations. Just watching how our clients have been able to tackle uh, issues head on over the last couple of months to, to adapt and pivot and generally rise to the challenge, it's just been second to none. Um, you know, there will be a, a small, I think a very small proportion of manufacturers that don't make it through the current crisis. Um, but they will be in the, the minority. And I think the vast majority will come out of this and probably stronger than before. And so, you know, in many ways, I think when we look back on this, um, this will be a, in the long term, a, a good news story for Canadian manufacturers. Oh, thank you, David. I, I really resonate with what you're saying there. And 
based on what I'm seeing and what we're trying to promote in these podcasts is to get those stories out. Like you're saying, the survival stories that we are all in this together. That's actually part of what inspired this podcast to begin with. So I really hope that those of you listening uh, can feel that too, um, that we're all here to help one another, to support one another during this very unexpected turn of events. Um, but we're certainly going to be working it through together. And in retrospect, it actually may be a better story than it may seem for now. Um, so thank you again, David, for your time and for giving us these these really great um, insights uh, into the industry. And um, if anyone needs to reach out to you, how could they do that? Um, you can always drop me an email, dlinton at bdo.ca. That's D-L-I-N-T-O-N at bdo.ca. Um, and I'll be happy to chat with, with anybody about any of the subjects we've, we've talked about today or anything else. Perfect. And thank you, Julie. You're more than welcome. Thank you for joining us. Now let's move on to our next segment called Dynamic Input, where we're going to have a spotlight on one of our local businesses, Tilly and Durables, and how they were able to adapt their operations to the COVID crisis. As we all have heard, there are a number of local organizations that have decided to not succumb to the COVID crisis, but rise above it and take the opportunity to join the fight. One such organization I have here with me is Tilly and Durables, located in Toronto, Ontario. They're very known for their hats. They started with hats for those that sail, and I'm sure you've seen it on many sailors at the marina, but now they are the go-to hat for travelers as well known for their lifelong durability and they also even provide a lifetime guarantee. I was surprised to read that it takes 23 pairs of hands to make one Tilly hat and since then they've grown into producing collections of garments, mostly outerwear and some tops, bottoms and even bags. But today we're actually going to dive into their latest and admittedly unexpected new collection of masks and gowns for those needing PPE. Here with me is Andrew Prendergast, the President and CEO of Tilly Endurables. Thank you for joining me today, Andrew. Very happy to be here. Thank you. So Tilly was in the process of implementing Dynamics 365 Business Central when COVID hit. So that project is currently on pause, but since then I'd love to know how did you pivot your operations and how much effort did that take? Did you encounter any unexpected challenges during this transition? Yeah, well, it was the, the, our business around the world essentially in the middle of March shut down. We had um, closures like the rest of uh, Canada had as well as Europe and the US. And we had idle people in our factory sitting looking for things to do. We, we had unfortunately put the, much of the company into furlough as we were trying to strategize how we were going to, to survive the COVID-19 pandemic. And we set the team to thinking about what we could do with a resource we knew we had, which is people who can make beautiful garments and hats and a need uh, expressed by Prime Minister Trudeau and Premier Ford for protective equipment for frontline medical workers. And that was literally it. We got in a room and we talked about how we could help. And and the next day we discovered a, a connection through one of our associates uh, into the emergency department at Michael Guerin Hospital, which the next day turned into a collaboration on how we could make level two medical gowns and 
non-patient facing masks for their staff. And it was probably 72 hours of consternation and, and the rest is, is kind of history. Wow, amazing. Um, I'm sure there may be other um, manufacturers uh, listening as well today and and they're still trying to pivot their operations too to adapt to this crisis. Would you have any advice for them based on your recent experience? Yeah, I, I think the, the quick learning for us was that um, the old playbook and the old rules uh, didn't matter anymore. And it was about how we could get into a room and throw every idea up on the board and try and chase them down from there. Uh, and it was really trying to forget everything that we knew and, and starting from, I guess, a position of ignorance and trying to do the impossible. I think the second piece that I would offer in terms of advice is uh, ask questions and seek help. The one amazing piece that has come out of this pandemic is a sense of community and a sense of common good driving people's decision making. And we got help from Michael Guerin Hospital. Um, we have had some of our clients down um, market who have postponed their delivery because there were other facilities that had greater need or had an outbreak so that they could redirect those gowns to those facilities. It is, it's really an amazing um, kind of uh, community of people pulling together. So uh, ask questions, seek help and, and, you know, try and do the impossible. Right. What a great message. Um, what is the volume of production that you've had since since this has all begun? Um, has has the demand been very strong, or what what have you been seeing since you've had this all uh, all playing out? So it it really is kind of the source of how BDO uh, has worked uh, really hard to help us uh, manage this situation. We are on the consumer side of the business. We're running about three weeks behind demand in production. Wow. Um, another way, if you bought something today, we'd ship it to you over the course of the following three weeks. Um, on the gown side of the business, so the medical side of the business, we are shipping goods or taking orders now for August. So uh, BDO uh, through one of the, the partners uh, on the NAV uh, project uh, had reached out into the BDO network for makers, for people who can cut and sew, who were in the exact same position that we were in with a resource, but no no product to make. Uh, and we're about to bring one of those companies that BDO recommended online within our sourcing network uh, over the course of the next couple of days. So um, really, we're, we're desperately trying to build capacity to keep up with demand would be how I'd describe it. Yeah, certainly, my goodness. Well, kudos to you for all of your recent success and, and for helping us all in, in this endeavor. Um, do you think that um, this experience will have a lasting impact on Tilly? Um, and if so, how, how do you think that would be? It's interesting. I think th there's really two sides of the answer to that question. The, the first one is around the sense of purpose in the business. I've made uh, a joke uh, in business settings in leadership roles for 20 years when times were tough, it's listen folks, we're not saving lives here. It's just t-shirts or it's just hats. And and I've had to go back to the, the drawing board to figure up a new line for that situation because uh, there is such a sense of, of pride um, or purpose within the organization, uh, particularly in our, our, our own factory. You know, we have sewers who've made hats for, for 25 years back there who now 
walk shoulders back, head held high, knowing the, the gown they're making is going to help save someone's life. Um, so sense of purpose is a is a key element of, of what I think this this lasting impact will be. The other side of it is we learned that our brand is highly trusted by the consumer. Um, and we actually aren't looking at this uh, medical and consumer uh, protective equipment project as a short term project. We think um, we will likely evolve it into an ongoing business unit uh, in the company uh, and look at adding scrubs and caps and all the other components of what's required um, in the uh, in the, the healthcare community. Wow, so it's really launching a whole other area of, of Tilly, really, if I could say that. Um, it, it sounds like you got you got more than you thought you would get out of COVID. <laughs> there are, you know, it's uh, it's funny that uh, the uh, complete rebooting of the global economy uh, can create uh, opportunities for companies that uh, or people that are willing to uh, see them and attack them, and and yes, so we're we're very happy. We we think this is we think it's a long term positioning for the business, and and we think that it'll be uh, one of the lasting uh, memories of COVID for Tilly. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Andrew, again for your time today for sharing this insight with us. I'm sure we've got a very keen audience listening right now. And we're really looking forward to seeing what more Tilly can do in the short term as well as the long term. Well, that's great. Thanks for the, the kind words. And, and I thank BDO as well for the hard work that they've done to support us through the entire uh, pandemic and help us on, on all fronts of our business. So thank you too. Thanks. Now let's move on to our next segment, Dynamics Delights. In this segment, I want to share with you what D365 products have to offer in the manufacturing and distribution space. First, let's look at D365 supply chain management. Reiner has shared with me some of his thoughts on how our manufacturers are benefiting from the product as he continues to serve them. He tells me that supply chain management is highly scalable due to an exhaustive collection of tools, including a comprehensive production control module with master planning for material and finite resource scheduling. Products are highly configurable for costing and tracking methods. Intercompany and multi-site production and warehousing include mobility through apps and barcode scanning. Workflow is offered through procurement, inventory, and finance. The scalability is enhanced by Microsoft per-user licensing approach where all apps and modules are included. The high level of adoption has formed a powerful presence in the manufacturing space, which generates a wide variety of industry-specific ISV products. So ISV, for those of you out there, are uh, he's referring there to the add-ons that you can get with our D365 products. We do have an app store in which you can shop for those add-ons as needed. Supply chain management also has AI and machine learning through Azure um, that's offered in the digital transformation manufacturers need to stay relevant and successful. Microsoft's one version updates offer new features on a monthly basis with feedback from the Microsoft Ideas Portal, where manufacturing clients suggest improvements. 
So for those of you out there that do like to contribute to a product's evolution, you'll definitely be interested in Microsoft's Idea Portal, where you can submit your ideas and Microsoft will consider them in the updates that they're producing for the product. Reiner points one out here saying, for instance, the recent addition into the standard modules of asset management provides a world-class product for tracking equipment maintenance, along with project accounting to manage cost of ownership. So thank you so much, Reiner, for providing those insights to us on how D365 supply chain management is really working for our manufacturing clients these days, and even more so as the product continues to evolve with every update that Microsoft releases. Now, moving on to the highlights of D365 Business Central's manufacturing capabilities, I also got some thoughts from Scott Brown, one of our managers at BDO Consulting, who is in this space of manufacturing and distribution for our Business Central clients. So I've asked him to give us some thoughts on how Business Central is really providing the advantage to our manufacturing clients. And here's what he says. When it comes to Business Central, manufacturing capabilities are plentiful. Business Central provides you with the flexibility to have simple setup to even more complex ones. There are a broad range of connected functionality within the same system, as well as powerful and configurable analytics. For instance, you can predict optimal time to replenish stock with built-in intelligence. You could also use sales forecasts and expected stockouts to automatically create purchase orders or calculate and optimize your manufacturing capability and resources to improve your production schedules and meet customer demands. It also allows for multi-locations with flexible warehouse handling capabilities. Tracking item transactions, movement across bins on warehouse layouts, and storage unit dimensions are just the beginning of maintaining not only production, but also helps you manage costs. Maintain the right amount of inventory so you can automatically calculate stock levels, lead times, and reorder points. And even if you find Business Central manufacturing out of the box falls a little short of your unique business needs, there are numerous add-ons available to enhance specific functionality. Overall, I think you'll find that you'll get a holistic view of your inventory so you can manage your manufacturing process effectively with automatic functionality allowing your team to focus on what really needs attention rather than manually analyzing, scheduling, and reordering items to keep production going on their own. Business Central is a powerful tool to keep you going and to keep you exploring what's under the hood of this module. So thanks again, Scott. And I just want to say too that I also picked up some of these uh, points from our Business Central website on uh, Microsoft. I'll list this in the show notes so that it's available for you if you want to explore more. Well, I hope uh, those highlights of those two products, D365 Supply Chain Management and D365 Business Central, really helps you get an overall picture of what the manufacturing capabilities are for these products and even learning a bit more of the differences between the two and how one or the other may suit your business more than another. If you want to learn more about these products and how they may apply to your business needs, Feel free to reach out to us in BDO Consulting at BDO Canada. You can certainly email us at solutionsupport at bdo.ca. 
Well, that wraps up this episode of Your 360 on D365. Thanks so much for joining us today and taking a closer look at our manufacturing and distribution industry to see what is happening there during this COVID crisis in the D365 space. Until we meet again, stay strong and stay dynamic. I'm Julie Billado. Looking forward to tuning in with you again. Take care.